point at me and make a funny face and then i have a hard time like being a normal podcast introduction person i'm just i'm doing my producer face like it's go time yeah yeah okay it's go time. at least i don't say that Thank let's God. okay let's start over here okay <clears throat> okay silence it's go time welcome to the nork podcast i'm aaron i'm brandon Tim. what do we do on this podcast aaron we have consumed a great deal of children's media over the past few years so this is the place where we analyze it talk about it particularly the weird the bad the the ugly ugly the russian the russian so um what we're going to talk about tonight a uh, little background is uh i was um bringing up a few movies that i watched as um a child about the age of our oldest child that I'd watched many times and that sort of molded me for better or for worse psychologically into the edifice that sits before you today (laughs) (laughs) and that I've found very odd and that still today I think about very very often and uh, so uh, we have watched recently Disney's The Black Hole from 1979, which we will discuss this evening. And uh, a little preview, we watched The Secret of Nim, which we will discuss Neither of which I had seen. Neither of which Aaron had seen. I had not even I, heard of The Black Hole. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of Black Holes, but not this particular Well, movie so this is concept. one reason I wanted to talk about this, because a lot of people are completely unaware of this movie. Most people have heard of The Secret of Nim. Yeah. But the black hole has completely disappeared, I feel like, from conscious from public consciousness. I think it, I didn't watch The Secret of Nim because I thought I got it confused with Red Fern, Red Wall. Right, red, the red, red Wall series. Red, yeah. red books. Right. And, and I'm a cat person. I'm not allied to mice. Not I don't mouse, care about yeah. their inner lives. All right, continue. Black so you hole. Know, you know how um, yesterday, I think, I had said to you, Let's just watch Secret of Nim tonight, and then we'll record both podcasts back-to-back. Remember how I said that yesterday? Yeah, that was ambitious. You know how sometimes, every once in a while, I'll say something that's stupid? (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, I don't. Well, that was one of those things (laughs) I say that's stupid. I mean, I was I, contemplating I on the drive. I took our older son to a swim lesson tonight, and on the drive home here recently, as I was trying not to fall asleep on the drive home, I was thinking to myself, "What the f- what the fuck am I thinking? We're not going to record two podcasts. We can I can barely make it through one." Wait, so when you're talking to yourself, you don't preface it with self, blah 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 blah. No, my- only only when I really just need to get my fucking act together. No, oh. yeah. It's it it adds a nice touch. If, I, if it's just a light beratement, yeah, then I often skip that uh, and just get straight into it. Yeah, okay. I you know, but doing this podcast really does give me a greater sense of appreciation for 
people who do podcasts, but also people who entertain for a living. Yeah. Like comedians. Yeah. Who are up on the stage all the time. And you know nine times out of ten, they're not into it. Yeah. Like, on their drive to the theater, they're like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And they're just tired and they're having a headache or something. And I, they're I not, don't know. They're not into it. I, I don't think everyone hates their job as much as you do. In that, but if your job is to be on. Sure. Is, is to be on and entertaining. Right. On a day in and day out basis. Nobody can feel that all the time. Sure. But I, I mean, I feel like a lot of people... Like I'm thinking of Nicole Byer yeah. from Nailed It. Yeah. Like no, she's she's definitely has like a cartoony performing like mode that she's in. Right. Or but I don't think that's that's as far from her normal state of being as say you being on versus you being relaxed normal. Maybe self. that's true. But now that that's her thing, on a day where she's really not feeling it, she still has to do that. She yep. still has to reach inside herself and be cartoony and fun, even if she's got a splitting headache and uh, slept for three hours the night before. You know who I don't think has this problem? Because her son had a nightmare yeah. because he just watched The Secret of Nim, which maybe wasn't age appropriate. We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> the person who uh, I think doesn't have a problem with this? Who? Jason Manzoukas. No, yeah, that's probably true. Well, if your persona is that... It, it, so, so this is the downside of having a persona that's all fun and sunshine and goofy and blah, 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 you know, blah, 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 is that then you have to do that. If your persona is, I'm sort of cranky and, right. and, and sort of pissed off and sort of, you know, nuts, then you can do that in any, in, with any emotion currently going through you. Right. So I feel like that's where you're at. That's what I'm trying to cultivate. Yeah. yeah. No, it's My, it's, it's my there. public persona is... Your private persona is there, <laughs> too. My, my, my persona is, is this, right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me right now? That's it. That's, that's my... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's it. Let's talk about the black hole. Okay. Um, 1979 Disney movie. As, as we were saying, um, I, I don't feel like many people know about this. Which no. To, to me, it's one of those things where, to me, this was a monumental film growing up. And so it always kind of surprises me when people don't know about it. But, you know, in researching this a little bit, it, it seems like this totally – I don't know if it bombed at the box office, but it wasn't a huge success. and just sort of disappeared. Did um, you um, know of or watch The Rescuers? Yeah. Well, I, I, I know of it. I think I've watched it. It didn't really resonate with me. Okay. Watching, but having now seen this movie, yeah, do you see why this would resonate with me in a way the rescuers doesn't? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, this is right up my alley. So you know, yeah. six year old or seven, whatever, however old I was when I first saw this, this struck a bell in my head. Oh yeah, a bell that's been ringing. You know, this and other movies since, like it since then. Since then, and you know, I think things like this influence a lot of the things that I've done creatively, creatively. Did I say it right even that time? Creatively. There you Create, go. Creative activity. Creative libidy. <laughs> Creatinine. Crab dupadu. Call 911. Something's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Lift up your arms. <laughs> ah. Um, <laughs> um, caught a TIA on, on the podcast. 
I'm going to go take an aspirin real quick. Alert the medics. Um, no. So uh, anyway, um, so let's get into it. This um, opens in media res, sort of, with a spaceship that's got a – let's go through the crew. There's sort of a generic captain whose yeah. name I don't know. Did you catch his name? Uh, it, it, it's, this it, is how it completely irrelevant it is. Okay, pause. Is the captain guy the one who gets murdered later? No. No, it's the guy who looks like a uh, sort of more handsome Michael C. Hall. It's um yeah okay. If you say so. Oh, it's it's a young Robert Forster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at this up. This I'm looking this up on Wikipedia right now. So there's 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 a young Robert Forster is the is the captain. He looks like there, Chris Pine. There it's sort of he does sort of look like Chris Pine. He looks yeah. like a leading man in a spaceship film. He he does. <laughs> He's well cast. Yeah. There's his young upstart first officer, yeah. whose name is Pizer, who I only remember because it's kind of a weird name. It's a it gets weird said name. a lot. People are always called, yeah. the Captain. I don't think he's ever called anything but Captain. There's 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 first officer or whatever Pizer. Yeah. Inexplicably, there is a journalist. That's Harry. Harry, the guy who looks like Scotty. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the sort of fat. It's Ernest Borgnine. Right. Fat, sweaty, gross looking. He looks like – I don't know if he's supposed to look like this or if Ernest Borgnine was just, like, drunk the entire time. And they was just, he having they, a Marlon Brando period of his life? I don't know. He, he's, he looks like I – mean, this is the point where he's just, he's just let himself go. He's, he's squeezing himself into sweaters. When you're, taking, when you're squeezing yourself into a sweater, there's a problem. So, but he's a journalist. He, he's like a magazine writer oh. or something who's, who's on oh. this space mission for, for no reason that I could ascertain. He's he's embedded, um, huh? He's, he's embedded. embedded, right? Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. That though, I was wondering what he was doing there and why this will become relevant later on. He was so like not caring what happened to the crew. Well, he's the like, one. He's not wearing a uniform. He's not wearing like there's a uniform. He's wearing civvy clothes. Well, they were kind of the orange, same color. This big brown orange yeah. sweater. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, everyone else is like. No man left behind, all for one, one for all. And then this guy is like, take me back to the New York Times. Yeah. (laughs) No, I mean, it looks like they just fetched him from the Elk Lodge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And then uh, also completely inexplicably, there is a psychic uh, among the crew. Yeah, no. So the crew is... Hang on, hang on, hang on. This was my first reason why my... This was my... My hackles got raised because it's it's like Deanna Troy right again. Yeah, but she this, is a, this is before Deanna Troy though. No, I understand that, but it's it's that trope. Yeah, of of uh, the woman is uh, in touch with emotions, therefore she can communicate telepathically. Um, although she is a doctor, she she right. She's a something. she's a psychic doctor. The only entity. That she has ever shown actually having a psychic communication with is, is, robot. is a robot. <laughs> so you're saying it wrong. Robot. Yeah, thank you. So the fifth member of the crew is a robot whose name is Vincent, who is the dumbest looking robot in all of cinema. Can you think of a stupider looking robot? Yeah, the one that comes later in the film. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but excluding that. <laughs> In any other film franchise, how would you describe what Vincent looks like? Uh, he looks like a slightly A-line 
beat up garbage can yeah. with eyes. With big googly eyes. It's like he looks like if someone had seen Star Wars and they're like, RT R2D2 is pretty cool. But what if he just looked really fucking stupid? <laughs> what if R2D2 went on a Coke bender yeah. for like two weeks straight? <laughs> or it was on crank or something. And got giant googly eyes and he fell no, 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 so no. high yeah. he was floating in the air. Okay. How about that? No. It's is it's as if the Chinese knockoff R two D two designed the robot. Yeah, right. And after watching too much dark web YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> or if a bunch of R two D twos it were inbred and <laughs> suffered genetic damage from from generations of inbreeding, like the Habsburgs, yeah, you would end up with Vincent and, and, and their hemophiliacs. The, <laughs> the only explanation I can come up with why he looks like this is that because he's he's totally out of the tone of Vincent clashes with the rest of this movie. This is true, and so I think they have this movie that's not enough of a kids' movie. And they're like, this. we want to make this more of a family kids movie. How about we take one element of it, like this robot, and make it as dumb as humanly possible? So hang on, hang on. You're saying that when George Lucas was showrunning the movie version of showrunning Phantom Menace, he watched The Black Hole and thought, I could learn a lesson from this movie. Here is Jar Jar Binks. Yes, this is the precursor (laughs) of Jar Jar Binks, kind of. Except that, I mean, he's, the the character itself is fine, kind of. It's just the way that he looks. The persona of Vincent is also very weird, though, because he speaks almost entirely in aphorisms or, like, things you would find in a fortune cookie. Well, it's like he is, wow, he is Milanjovovich, the fifth element, in the fifth element, and he's downloaded all of literature. Right. And that's the only thing that he has. Yes. Like, this is the only language he has. Yes. So he's like coming up with a, a quote from human English literature. Yes. To express all of his. Yeah. Expression. Because they'll be like, well, Vincent, what do you think we should do? And he'll be like, well, as they say, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. And they're yeah. like, oh, Vincent. And he's like, oh, gathering stone, a rolling stone gathers no moss. Yeah. That's, the old, that's all of well, his But dialogue. he also quotes, it's not just like aphorisms. He, he quotes like. No, he's like quoting Cicero and yeah. Pliny the Elder and like yeah. all of this. He's, he's like, all over the place. As Wittgenstein once said. Yeah. Um, it's it's sort of like I feel like a, a robot version of the like golden record that that Carl Sagan designed right, to yeah. go out on the satellite. It's right. like here, let's put in all of the best of humanity into this robot, and then the like circuits got scrambled, right. and and that I, was let's all. Let's put gigantic googly and eyes then on it. Gigantic and have googly it eyes look ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Don't and you have to wish... spout out philosophical one-liners while floating around the air with giant bug eyes. Yeah, don't you kind of yeah. wish Carl Sagan had put giant googly eyes on the on the golden record? That'd be kind <laughs> yeah, of awesome. That would be that would be kind of awesome. Because then the the like aliens would pick up the record and they'd put it. They I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but they'd be like, oh, whoever sent this is this has a sense of humor because googly eyes, great. Or, or they just think that's what people look like. Or what the what the the species that created this artifact? It's fine by me. 
So anyway, so this is the crew, uh, as such as it is, and they are on a mission that is not described, but they're out in space um, exploring, I guess, and they come across a black hole. And there is another spaceship orbiting the black hole, and there's a scene where they're like trying to identify it. Yeah. And the computer is going through all these possibilities, which, which is kind of funny because it's like the computer is basically like, is it the Chinese spaceship Yin Yang? Is oh, it yeah, the Russian yeah. spaceship Soyuz? And it's showing these pictures of all these spaceships, which look nothing like this. And it's considering all the pie. And it's like, is it the USS Cygnus? And it's like, oh, yes, it is, because that's what it looks like. I just thought this was dumb because it shows all these the spaceship that's like a flying saucer. Is that what this looks like? Nope. No. It shows a spaceship that's like a triangle. Is that what this looks like? Nope. It's like, it's, it's it's the the baby shape sorter method of spaceship identification. That's, that is what it is. It's like does the square block fit through the round hole? No, it doesn't. Next, and it's doing this painstakingly slowly. This is this is not an advanced recognition technique. Yeah, I guess, the, the semicon- semiconductor technology has has somehow ceased to advance past 1970 in this that, movie. That is always a. Um, you know, I, there's no there's no solution to this problem. No. But the problem wherein you're making a sci-fi movie and then 20 years from now someone watches it and they're like, all this so-called futuristic stuff, we're way past that now. You know? Right. Like, like you watch old Star Trek and they have technology that is old-fashioned now by our standards. Right. Um, right. And because it, what can you do? You can't predict what's, what's actually going to be high-tech 10, 20, 30 no. years from now. but. Uh, uh, anyway, still so still don't have flying cars. We still don't. Yeah, no, true. Or hoverboards. So it's or the time U- circuits, right? Or flux capacitors. So there's the arbitrary, the 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 required and arbitrary Back to the Future Check. reference for the episode. Drink. Let's get, if get you're my... playing the North Podcast drinking <laughs> game. Let's get, get to, let me turn to the old marker board here. Yeah. Check. Uh, so it's the USS Cygnus, which disappeared like 20 years ago or something. And guess who was on that spaceship? Dr. Kate's dad. Right. Check um, that out. Crazy. What, what a, a coincidence. What a quinky dink. Yeah. <laughs> She's not sufficiently, like, shocked by this. Because uh, the mission was not to go find the USS Cygnus. No. So they're in outer space, which, by my understanding... Is vast? Is vast. <laughs> Does it contain multitudes? It, it contains multitudes. They had this randomly run across the ship. And she's like, my dad was on that ship. This needs some explanation here, but anyway. Let's talk uh, for a moment about the USS uh, Cygnus, which I think is a fucking cool-looking spaceship. I really like yeah. the look of the spaceship. It's very interesting. And it's um, an architecture, you would call this something. I'm blanking on the term for it, but it's the architectural movement wherein the workings of the building are not obscured. And it's like they, the Pompidou Center in Paris. Oh crap! So all of the I was obsessed with this for a while, and all of the the functional elements of the building are displayed. They are not hidden away. This this will come to me at some point. No, this is really pissing me off because I was like obsessed with this for a period of time. So we paused the podcast to look it up. But brut- brutalism is what we were thinking of, yeah, which is described as. Um, dictated by function over form with raw construction materials and mundane functions left exposed, which is kind of the spaceship where it, it, you see the sort of skeleton of it yeah. and the framework of it. 
And it's very sort of functional looking. Right. And uh, when they first come across it, it's dark. And then at one point, someone flicks the lights on. And it's lit from inside, sort of demonstrating the the it's skeletal alive. structure of yeah. the of the ship. I think it looks really cool. Looks it's cool. a really interesting looking spaceship. It looks like huge. Yeah, it looks in- so. There's like, two things at play here. Like bigger than the USS Enterprise. Yeah, no, it's it's but, gi- it's gigantic. That's yeah. part of it. The other part of it is now you realize that the that the protagonist spaceship is super tiny. Yeah. So anyway, they 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 get damaged um, uh, somehow. How does this happen? They're trying to escape the pull of the black hole that this thing is orbiting. And oh it, like, yeah, and they ma- they ship. like max out their engines, yeah, and shields, and blah, all that whatever, stuff. blah blah blah. The ship gets damaged, and so they land on the the Cygnus to try to get repairs, and then they exit their ship, and you see that this ship that they are sailing around the universe in is is about as big as a studio apartment, if not. If not smaller than that. Well, it's... It's one room, basically. It's part of the the tiny spaceship movement of (laughs) 2534. Right. It's a hipster spaceship. Yeah. 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 They utilize every every square inch. Yeah, they they you can't see this without like pausing it and looking really close up, but they put a bird on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Portland. Portland in the house. So. they are exploring the ship, and they run across a giant red robot who's right. pretty cool looking. And again, almost everything in this movie is cool looking except for Vincent. The big red robot yeah. is pretty badass. Maximilian. Looking. Maximilian is, yeah. his, is his name. And yeah. he's, he looks sort of devilish and... He kind of looks like, you know, in Star Wars, the Emperor has those, the Imperial Guard, who are the red-garbed yes. guys at the yep. end. If you took one of those and you bulked it out. And, like, added horns. And you added sort of, a, yeah, kind of a... They're not they're not literally horns, but they're horn-esque. Yeah, those <laughs> eyes sort of are horns. They sort yeah. of curve out. Anyway, it's a cool-looking, pretty spooky-looking robot. Um, who and and it's got uh, like blenders that come out of his chest, and yeah. it's gonna grind up these guys. When uh, suddenly this bearded hobo <laughs> comes out of the shadows and says, "Maximilian, stop!" Yeah, and like a bad dog. <laughs> yeah, set. no, no, stop it. Sit up. Um, Roll over. And this is Doctor Good Hans Reinhardt, who yeah. is some crazy rogue scientist who. I guess this had been, this I didn't quite understand this. I guess the ship had been commanded to return back to Earth. Yes. But then they never heard from it again. Well, and so so the crew wait, maybe we should get into this later. Well, well, so so Reinhardt immediately they ask him and he explains this by saying that there was some catastrophe that happened. I guess they were too close to the black hole. He had all the crew escape and he stayed behind for some reason and he ended up repairing the ship and he developed some technology that would allow him to hover on the edge of the black hole forever some anti-gravity device and he's been sitting there studying this thing for 20 years and he made all these robots and he built an army of robots to serve him on 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 the ship so this is kind of a you know sort of a a a creepy scenario where you've got this guy who's the last remaining human who has built this robot army and he lives there alone and just stares in this black hole all day long 
The re- one reason why I know this is a movie slash science fiction and not reality is because that guy would have built a sex robot. Oh, yeah. They're, these they're, these robots, which are all sort of these faceless, herky-jerky things. They're they're sort of like the, the robots in Westworld. The, the like, I know I've that you don't know seen, this, but know there's, there's like real like people looking ones yeah. and then when they in the back they have ones that don't need to have like human form okay but they're humanoid and right. so they just like but are, they're just featureless they're, they're people but they have like fencing masks on yeah yeah they're yeah. like yeah they're featureless right but you're right in reality what he would have made is a whole bunch of the robots like oscar isaac made in that movie i thought of this i thought of um, that, what am I ex machina of? Ex a machina. lot yeah a they, lot they, during this movie <laughs> they would all be the well, hot swedish uh, dude, robots or whatever she dude is. hans reinhardt looks like oscar isaac he kind of does yeah there there are a lot of parallels there yeah well as it as it will turn out there almost none of them are actually robots anyway spoiler Shh. alert we'll get there so, so but exactly what they are we'll get there i'm not, I'm not sure suits. exactly what's going on with those so oh, um, I do. so i picked that up i got okay. that It'll be like a yes, yes, no. So the the the, the protagonists are like, all right, cool, dude. Uh, they're like humoring him. All right, buddy, cool, cool story, bro. Uh, well, Doctor Case, like, where's my dad? Right, and and he's just like, oh, she's oh, he's dead. Sorry, he's dead. And here's here's how she's not psychic, because she doesn't read his mind. She she just no read on him at all. Again, the only demonstration of her being psychic is that she can she can communicate with a robot telepathically, but cannot otherwise demonstrate any psychic powers so the whole reason why she has this is purely for plotting reasons she's there purely for plotting reasons yeah she's she's like gwen from uh galaxy quest okay she happened she she they needed they they realized that they they need to have a woman yeah they gotta have some kind of woman i like how uh let's see let me i wanted to look something up here the woman because yvette Yvette Mimo, um, who is now seven, I guess she was young when this, um, because they keep, all, they, several, all women several, in the 80s looked older than they were yes. because there was bad perms and bad hair. The, this is what I was going to say, yeah. is that she, they keep referring to her as, as, as like a, a young woman. And I'm like, she's, she was, she like 40, but she wasn't. It's just that hairstyle that made yeah. everybody look like they were 40, even if they were 17 years old, that weird feathered, tall, thing going on yeah so so beyond being creepy when he has his conversation with dr kate he does not address her by her title and just keeps calling her miss kate yeah to be fair none of the crew like corrects him but at least he didn't call her nurse well sure but that was really annoying yeah i looked i looked over at aaron (laughs) at one point during, I saw the smoke coming out of my ears. Yeah. It's like, oh, what do you think about that? Screaming about <laughs> sexism into my closed hands. So uh, he sends uh, the crew off with Maximilian to go get supplies to repair their ship. Yeah. Um, Never trust a robot. And uh, a couple things happen here. Um, they immediately like ditch Maximilian. They're like later homes and s- split up. One I of- ditched that guy. He's yeah. creepy. One of them... They they see a group of robots carrying like a pyre, like a funeral pyre or something, and uh, they shoot off a coffin off into space. And he's like, "What the fuck? Why are these robots holding a funeral?" Yeah. Which the explanation to this 
also doesn't make any sense, but we'll get there. And then uh, Vincent finds some older Vincent model named Bob who looks like Has Vincent. Has a Bob or Big Bob? Uh, old Bob. Oh, God, is, that's is, even worse. <laughs> he's credited as Old Bob. So he also is ridiculous looking like Vincent, but is all smashed up and talks like a uh, prospector, <laughs> an old West prospector. He talks out of Beverly Hillbillies. Which is dumb because when this robot was made, this robot was state of the art. This was a state of the art, fancy, highly technologically advanced robot. And so why would they have decided to be like, let's make the robot talk like an old-timey old-timey prospector, like an old piece of junk robot? Maybe its programmers were insecure and wanted to signal that the robot wasn't as smart as they were. Yeah. I'm old Bob. Hi, well, hi there, Vincent. I'm old Bob. I'm just an old rusted bucket of nails, I'm afraid. I mean... I- Frankly, I could see Dr. Hans Reinhardt doing that. Wait, yeah. what am I talking about? Hans, Mr. Hans. Mr. Hans. Zabob apparently has been tortured for the past 20 years. He, by by the, the, the robot army that yeah, Hans the, the robot Yeah, Hans' robot army just beats the shit out of Bob every day. He, he does look pretty kicks him around. He just, and just tortures him. And yep. so he's like a skittish cat who's, whose tail's been stepped on one he's too many bullied. times. Yeah. The robots apparently, uh, in a little bit here, they um, find some robots in the rec room doing target practice for fun. There's a robot rec room. Yeah. What? I mean. There's lots of hints going on here that something is awry. Yeah. Do do robots need a rec room? Don't they just shut down? Yeah. You just have to go with it, I guess. So Vincent is put upon because... Uh, he and old Bob are the same model or in the no, same line No, Vincent or is one generation f- f- more advanced Fine. Than, than Bob is. But but they're, I mean, they're they're good state-of-the-art robots or whatever. Yeah. And so Vincent is upset, like angry. He's angry that, he that Bob has been picked on so much because yeah. he's like, we are perfect. We are the most advanced, most wonderful robots in the world, despite the fact that we have no limbs and have these giant, goofy, googly eyes. Hey, they hover. And they, they hover, I guess. Yeah. And so Vincent's like, I'll show you what for. So he he joins in the target practice game. He challenges like the main, the leader of the robots yeah. in the rec room. Right. To because a, the robot leader. A duel. Uh, to a duel. Pistols at dawn. That's right. Because Bob, old Bob says that he had beat the leader at one point. And yeah. then was tortured and doesn't want to. He like I don't. I don't even like to think about what they did to poor old Bob after that. Well, I think it. I think it was something to do with his butt. <laughs> where if, where was his butt? If I had to guess, <laughs> do robots have a butt? <laughs> this, well, they're they're the most advanced robots, so the answer is yes. How can you be a super Wait, advanced, hang on. super advanced hey, being without a butt? Are you saying that that old Bob is the sex robot? Oh, <laughs> maybe this is the nature of the torture that we're talking about. Oh, Poor I, Bob. Uh, Here's how we know, though, that it is important to have a butt. <laughs> are you ready for this? Because this is no, okay, this is I'm I'm on I'm on firm and sound theological ground. Oh, All right, you ready okay. for this? Humans, man specifically, were made in God's image. We have butts. 
God, ha- God, has, God has a butt. And so, ta-da. All right, St. Augustine. Yeah. <laughs> that was Ian Confessions. I'm almost positive that that was... <laughs> so anyway, so Vincent says, I'll, I'll challenge him. And here, so here's a great example of what I was talking about, about technology these days being more advanced than, oh, yeah. than this. Is their, that their these, sharpshooting is, is a pong game. They, they missed occasionally. <laughs> like, if you asked any hobbyist, yeah, electrical hobbyist, to build some device where you would shine a dot on a wall that would kind of move around, and then you had to have a robot arm shoot another dot on top of it. You could do this with 100% accuracy, basically no matter how fast the other dot was moving. But these, but these advanced robots are constantly missing. These aren't Imperial Stormtroopers who are like degenerate clone, human clones or something. These have a targeting system that sucks, and this thing is like 10 feet away from them. And they sometimes hit it. Hmm. So, anyway. So are they robots? Oh, good question. So, dun, dun, dun. Vincent, of course, doesn't actually miss ever. So no, he shoot, and, he's a perfect robot. And he even somehow does like a ricochet shot of his laser oh, yeah, that was... off the ceiling or whatever and hit, hits the robot leader in the chest. It's like who, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> promptly, all the robots' like limbs fly off of it yeah. in this really goofy manner and it explodes yeah. and dies. So he murders it. And then, um, and then Bob reveals that he's gonna eat that robot's shit for breakfast. <laughs> he says to the robot, "I eat shit like you for breakfast." You eat shit for breakfast? Yeah, yeah. It's just like that. Little little Adam Sandler crossover, <laughs> right? In the remake. Um, do you think that Adam Sandler watched a lot of Black Hole while he was? Uh, writing happy gilmore what is a better question did happy gilmore have a script or did they just show up every day and start shooting because i think it was probably the latter but i like that movie i do, I do too it's, I do, it's I, one of the last last good adam sandler movies yeah and they, they must have had at least beats because you need to prepare sets right i guess they had to like get a hold of um of uh bob barker, the, the bob the barker and tell him to show up but yeah. they could just be like we'll use him for something have bob barker show up we'll yeah. figure it out yeah well, there are definitely movies where it, it is clearly all improv but they but you're like each scene you're improving toward like you know that this scene has to get to here yeah you have the general sort of gist of it i yeah. guess so no, Bob reveals that the robots are not robots. They are the remainder of the crew. Oh shit! Who have been I don't know lobotomized. What they've been robotized. They've been they've been turned into well, robots. We see, we see the room. So the uh, Doctor Kate and Pizer. Yeah. What no. Oh, we missed a crew member because there's another it's like science officer. Right. He's the guy who gets murdered by Hans. Or Maximilian. He does. He does get murdered. Yeah, he gets murdered. He gets so, like legit, so, straight up murdered. So anyway, and Hans shows up and he's like, "You shouldn't have done that, Max," and so, then walks away like yeah. it's no big deal. Well, let's so so. There's another. There is another science officer who like falls in love with Heinz Reinhardt. Gets a big like science boner crush on him. So boner. Yeah, he's like, oh, ha- oh, Hans, tell me more about your well, Hans. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about your black hole, Hans. <laughs> I want to hear more. Can you show me your black hole? To be fair to 
whatever his name is. I don't think it was Hans that he was into. I think he was into the black hole. He wants to fuck that black hole. He wants to go in it anyway. He's like, it'll suck anything in. <laughs> it can suck how hard? All right, hang on. <laughs> this is sort of a weird place, I guess, to put this in. But the first, like, I when I was a kid, I was terrified of black holes. Yeah. I, like, legit, I didn't know how this would happen. But I just, whenever I thought of a black hole, I would sort of envision what it would be like to go through one and how it must be extremely painful to be shrunk into nothingness. Yeah. Actually, though, you would be torn apart because the... So that's even worse. You'd be, you'd be elongated rather I'd be, than I'd be Mike TV'd. You would be Mike TV'd. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, you would have to... Because he doesn't get... He gets taken off by the Oompa Loompas to be stretched back out. Well, it, it, that in the book, yeah. Yeah. Well, you see him walk away. Because I think... I when think, they're in the Great Glass Elevator, I, he walks away and he's all stretched out. Okay. You see it. All right. Gotcha. Anyway, so you'd be, so you'd be Mike TV'd? That's just you'd like be stretched. Worse. Yeah. <laughs> you... Nothing... You... It's been a while since I've reviewed the physics of this. I don't think you would notice anything. Really? Necessarily. That, well, there's, there's that a, my there's molecules a, there's have been rearranged? There's a profound time dilation effect at work here. Mm. Where if I remember correctly, from an observer outside, they would see you get stretched out and die, presumably. But I think from your standpoint, you would never reach it because of the immense time dilation effect. Uh, involved anyway it doesn't matter um so yeah so the science officer falls in love with hans reinhardt and wants to stay he doesn't want to get on the repair ship and leave yeah except kate has now communicated dr kate excuse dr. me dr kate dr kate dr kate nurse has- kate dr kate a- dr kate <laughs> dr kate has uh, i don't understand though what how she's a doctor she's a doctor of parapsychology like <laughs> peter venkman yeah jesus of course okay okay why is that even a question? Um. Anyway, she's not a doctor of that. She oh. just happened to also have ESP, which is like some science thing in this because it's with a robot. It's it's a an ability to communicate with a robot. Yeah. Anyway, um, she she communicates with I was about to call him Robbie with Vincent, and Vincent's like the robots are the crew of the they're old made of ship. people. They're robots people. are made of people. Soylent Green. Yeah. You gotta get off the ship, grab Mr. Science Officer, and get out. Yeah. And Kate's like, Science Officer, bad things are happening. Yeah. We need to leave, Charlie. The robots are people. going to Candy Mountain. <laughs> yeah. And um, and he's like, No, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna go in that black hole. That's that's my life's dream. Yeah. Nothing else matters now. I'm, I'm on the verge. Up, I'm getting elbow deep in that black hole. I'm getting everything deep. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to be consumed. I'm by wearing this black no hole. protection. Like, and I'm raw dog in that black hole. It's like Vor. Yeah. You know about Vor? Vor? Yeah. I, I know about Vor. <laughs> yeah. Explain it to our uh, listeners. Um, isn't it? Uh, I I may have spoken a little too arrogantly. <laughs> isn't it something? It's a Japanese thing about sexualization of violence, right? No, no, it's about being eaten. Uh, Sexualizations of being eaten. Okay, I was close. Yeah, I mean, it's sexual. I don't know that it's Japanese. It, it, maybe, it, sounds, maybe, it sounds awfully Japanese. Vor, <laughs> like, linguistically, Vor doesn't sound Japanese. but, but uh, The concept. Uh, the, sure. 
But uh, I think it's just been internetized now, okay. and it's universal. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he's into... Well, I guess the most famous example was that German guy. Wasn't there a German engineer who put an ad uh, on the internet that was like, "I anyone want to get eaten? Anyone yeah, want to get fucked and eaten by me? That's not Vor, that's serial killing. But, but the but the guy who responded to it was wanted to be eaten. He's like, yeah, I want to be eaten. I, I, and I don't think it's... I don't think it's violent. I think it's just like eating. Well, this wasn't violent. The, the story that I'm talking about. I know the story that you're talking about. The guy responded to the ad of he, the serial killer. I was like, yes. He I'd wasn't like- a serial killer. He, I think this is the only person he ever killed. And and he just wanted to eat somebody. You know, I don't think he wanted to kill somebody. I think he just wanted to eat somebody. And he's like, want to get eaten? Well, it would involve killing. And this guy was like, that sounds awesome. So he shows up at the guy's house and like have dinner. He gets the guy drunk. He cuts his dick off. And they try to eat it together. Um, but then the other, the victim like bleeds out and passes out or something and ends up dying. And then the German. It's kind of hard to bleed out through your penis. I, I, that's highly vascular. I, I'm <laughs> surprised he lasted long enough to take a, try to take a bite of it. Ugh. Um, right. and let's, then, let's move on. so he got arrested and his, and his defense was, it was consensual. He was like, they hate, they hate, I said what I was going to do to this guy. This guy said yes. And he showed up and, uh. How do we get talking about this? What does... <laughs> because the science officer has, has a vor for... Um... Wow, the internet is not helpful. Don't Google... What you... <laughs> this is... You're, you're really... This is a dangerous yeah, thing yeah. to Google. No, 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 no. Wikipedia has an article, of course. Yeah. Uh, this, the, first, the first entry is just the suffix vor, like omnivore, right. carnivore. But then the second is the erotic desire to be consumed or consume another. Right. To be consumed or consume another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it wasn't so um, literal. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It, really, wants to it be, really doesn't. This guy yeah. wants... Well, it, it matters in that he does want to be eaten by the black hole. He wants to be eaten by the... Like, okay, I no, I get it now. This makes sense. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, but he's curious Oops. now. He's yeah. curious about what he's heard. So he goes over to one of these robots who, like you said, it just looks like they have a fencing mask on or some sort oh, of yeah. reflective faceplate no, or something. It's, it's, uh, they look like Daft Punk. Yeah, he's got a Daft Punk mask on. They are he, not happy, though. He takes they it off. They are not down to get lucky. They're not, <laughs> no. No, he takes off the mask and it's oh, some dead it's a face. Zombie. Yeah, some sort of dead faced zombie. Oops. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so they go to escape and then Maximilian comes up and blends the science officer and kills yeah, him. Yeah, he just Vitamixes him. Yeah. Up. He kills him real good. Yeah. And then, and then Hans is like, you shouldn't have done that. And yeah. then walks away. Oh, this, no, no, no. This is, a, this is actually a, a really interesting part of this movie because he, yeah, he says, you shouldn't have done that. He was a good man. And then Maximilian just sort of glides off. Maximilian, by the way, doesn't speak. Right. Uh, he glides off. And then and then Dr. Hans comes up to Kate and whispers to her, save me, protect me from Maximilian. Yeah. Which is fascinating. This is, and then this does not revisit it, but for a moment there, and he's got like a wild look in his face. So it is hinting that... Maximilian might be the one who's actually in charge here. And that Hans is just sort of along for the ride. I don't know. Well, so there's more evidence of this in a little bit here. So anyway, they, um, everyone runs off to the spaceship to try to escape. The, well, um, some people hover. Right. 
Dr. Hans has decided now is the time. We're going into the black hole. Uh, we're going to see what's on the other side. So he like... Hans, this is bad timing. He's like, thrusters full ahead and starts flying into the black hole. There's a subplot, which we don't need to get into, where the journalist Harry uh, tries to... He gets tired of waiting for everyone else to show up. So he steals their ship and tries to escape. Such a douchebag. <laughs> and is immediately shot down uh, and, and killed. Um, so now they don't have a spaceship. So well, and, they, and then they're like, "Well, that guy was disloyal. It's, too, it's a good thing he's dead." Right. So they, which is true. They run to like the escape pod or whatever it is, the the escape probe that's on the Cygnus, and they're going to get to that and escape on that. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the ship as it approaches the black hole is getting its ass kicked by a asteroid field or something. Yeah. And there's another really cool visual where an asteroid like falls into the central corridor of the spaceship, which is this giant cavernous valley in the middle of this thing. And the asteroid sort of rolls, is rolling down the hallway. It's this big fireball that's rolling down, smashing everything in its way. And there's a bridge across this thing where the protagonists are running across the bridge and they're silhouetted by the big fireball behind them. That really, was cool. There, really, there, is, there are some really badass images. There, there really is. I mean, and and this this was in 1979, and there's a lot of imagery, including that scene, that holds up. I think great. Yeah. Right now in 2019, yeah. like that there, scene there's, is there's really not, good. There's not much of this movie that holds up in 2019. There's a little bit. Yeah. But there's a little bit, and and the uh, the visual design is one of them. Yeah. Um. So there. So the protagonists are running to the escape ship. The bridge is falling apart where Dr. Hans is hanging out. Is this where the robots are shooting at them? The robot, the robots are chasing the protagonists are shooting and shooting at them. and uh, They're like leaping over all of these. They go down. There's like this bridge, but then they go down and they're like hopping along this. I don't know. There's a shootout. <laughs> there's, a, there's a shootout with robots. And the robots get blown up. I have a momentary fear that I was actually thinking of Secrets of Nim. <laughs> I don't think I was. I don't though. know. I don't know what you're thinking of. But there is a shootout with robots. No, like they, they, there's there's bridges along the cavern, and there's like it, it was nonsensical, which I didn't understand why there were these like the the the, the layout of the ship makes no sense anyway. I don't. No. You, you never really it's, understand it's a, why is is the way it is. Bunch of sex. Why? Why is the spaceship one enormous, like two mile long, empty warehouse? I yeah. mean, you never—that's never quite explained why it is the way it is. And and um, anyway, well, it's because it, it had a bunch of crew to support. Yeah, I, I guess, except it's all empty. It's not like there are, you know, there's a rec room. There's not like there there is a rec room and there's some bunks, but otherwise it's just like empty space. Um, You've got to parkour it, on something in space, right? So, uh, so the bridge is is crumbling, and this giant monitor or something falls on top of Doctor Hans, and he's pinned wah, by wah, it. Wah, yeah, wah. and he's like, Maximilian, help me! No, and Maximilian just just floats away. He's like, No, fuck you! Yeah, and all their other robots are like, Whatever, dude. And so again, well, I think this is, this is evidence that he's not actually in control of Maximilian. Sure. He, he's not the boss. Hans enslaved all those people in the first place, though. Right. But he, like, Maybe. lobotomized them or something. I mean, you he... they had been... they. 
they, they presumably had been following his commands to this point, and at this point they don't. Right. And they just let him die. Yeah. Which was also interesting. And there's this whole interplay between him and Maximilian, which I think is interesting, which you're not entirely sure who's actually in charge here. Um, and, it, and Maximilian could have been in charge the whole time. But when these people show up, they're basically like, Dr. Hans is like, let me do the talking. It's like, it's like when uh, uh, female founders get told you should get a white male CEO. That's right. To be the, the, the to, beard. To, to be, yeah, the beard. Yeah, be the, the face of the company. Yeah. yeah. So Dr. Hans is the face of the Cygnus, but but Maximilian might really be the one pulling the strings here. So um, they get in the probe, but they don't – interestingly, they don't actually escape. I think it's too late. Everybody goes through the black hole. Whee! Yeah, and so there's a psychedelic scene here where they're like going through the wormhole or whatever. And then do you want to describe the ending of this movie? It's a fever dream, like in yeah. First Reformed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happens here? God, I don't even fucking know. Um, I... What happens and what is your interpretation of what you see? Because I've had 40, almost, well, I've had 35 years to think about the end of this movie. I Frankly, I don't remember what the crew's uh, bad trip is. But, like, Hans and Maximilian are together and there's the person inside maximilian you said that was hans it is hans okay so so, so wait wait hang on okay i thought that it was well describe what happens like what do you see i i'm not visualizing it so so hans... you're gonna have to rely on your like thousand viewings <laughs> of this all right well hans is floating he's just floating through space right maximilian okay. is just floating through space okay they see each other they glide yeah. towards one another yeah they almost like embrace or something. They come together. Do they kiss? They kiss. They make love. <laughs> is this a children's movie? They. <laughs> they is this the director's do... <laughs> cut. The, the Lars von Trier director's Maximilian cut. Maximilian mounts him in reverse cowgirl style. Um, That's hard to no. do in space. <laughs> no, they they like they like crash into each other, and then in the next like scene, in the Dave Matthews song. He says, crash into me, and I'll come into you <laughs> right, in a right. boy's dream. All right, all right. In Hans Reinhardt's dream. <laughs> hike up your skirt a little more, robot, <laughs> and show the world to me. Oh, man. <laughs> Lube up your joints a little more. He's talking about her anus, right? In a crazy scientist's dream. Right. I don't think it's talking about her anus. I, that's just, like, I always clearly... thought this was about anal sex. Why? What's it? I don't know why, but it's that's just, what just, I heard. I think it's just about pre-internet, vanilla, plain old vanilla sex. I think is uh, what it's about. That's that's less interesting. <laughs> it's still the dirtiest song that got heavy rotation on the air. That I just think no one ever listens to the lyrics of that song. Lots it, of people it's, did it's, because I mean, like I I, I was a uh, early high schooler. I think when this came out and like. Talk of the town. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a dirty, filthy song. So and so, it, Hans and Maximilian bump into each other. Yeah, in space. Yeah. It cut to a close up of Maximilian's face, which his 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 a featureless face except for like a visor where his eyes would be. Yeah. Um, and now you see, it's Hans who is inside of the Maximilian robot looking out. Yeah. 
with a panicked look on his eyes. All you can see is his eyes, but they're darting back and forth. They're they're wide. He's obviously scared, and he's like encased in Maximilian. I am the robot, and the robot is me. Yes. Camera pans out. Maximilian is standing on top of like a fiery mountain. Yeah. While a line of humanoid figures are trudging along a ridge along the mountain, like as far as the eye can see. Well, it's it's like it's the humanoid robots. You only get a good look at them to see what the nature of them is necessarily. That might be correct. I are think they wearing you- capes? They're they're wearing like cloaky thing, cloaky type things, but it's hard to say. Yeah. They're just sort of humanoid shapes. I I don't know that there's any way to interpret this image other than it is hell, and Maximilian is like a Lucifer type figure standing in rain over this hell landscape. Yeah, I mean, did you get that as well? Mm, I got the hell part. I mean, as I said, I thought that I, my my brain immediately leapt to Hans was actually Dr. Kate's dad. Not Hans, sorry. The person inside Maximilian was Dr. Kate's dad. But but what what evidence is there of that? I don't know. I didn't look close enough at I did I just like didn't recognize that it was the same person. Okay. I I mean I, I I'm almost positive that actor is the guy who's playing Heinz Rein, Hans Reinhardt sure. in there. Hans created um, his own hell. Yeah, I don't know what the I I don't know what you're supposed to interpret this as, but with the good guys have a different experience. They see sort of this angelic figure guiding them through the wormhole, this white sort of flowing robed figure that's yeah. leading them, and and they just emerge next to this sort of Eden-esque planet that they are flying towards. Yeah. Um and so I don't know. I, I think the interpretation is that the wormhole, uh, that the, the the black hole, deposits you in some extra planar dimension. Deserve. Yeah, the place you deserve. What, yeah. Whatever that is. I, I don't know. A pretty uh, heady concept for a PG family Disney movie, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, you know, I tried to engage our son in conversation about this at the end. Like, uh, what do you th- what do you think about that ending? What do you think? He didn't bite. He didn't. He had no particular opinion or or uh, comment to make on this. So anyway, what's your verdict on uh, Black Hole? Well, I had a hard time getting past the, the sexism. Sure. Uh, but it's you know it's it's uh it's weird. Yeah. It's a weird movie. I am I'm glad that I had a mutual viewing experience with you. Yeah. And there were some cool parts. Uh, the spaceship was cool. Thinking about black holes again was terrifying, but cool. There was a lot of dumb parts. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, give the, I, I give this movie a lot of leeway based on my history with it. it. You know, watching it now, I haven't seen it in over 10 years probably. It, it clearly... It has some structural issues with the plot. The the middle third of this movie, I would say, is really slow and boring. There, yeah. there is a lot of downtime. There's a lot of unnecessary um, Bob and Vincent wandering yeah. around. I mean, this movie, with, with what you've got here, you've got basically a 40-minute movie that they've stretched out, you know, to an hour and a half or whatever. Yeah. Um, that They really could have done something different with the whole second act. The second act of this movie is just really... 
garbage. Garbage. Uh, I mean, the whole thing, like, you know, the Harry character, this journalist who's in the movie for no reason at all, get rid of all of that. None of that matters. The whole, like, ESP stuff, get, it doesn't matter. Get rid of it. It doesn't matter. There's, there's a lot of stuff like that where it's there for no apparent reason other than to pat it out. As a, as a, But, you know, let's look at it from the viewpoint of kid as, of, of being a kid's movie. I mean, it's not really a kid's movie. It's a family movie. I think it's supposed to be for families. Parts of it are definitely aimed towards children, the robots. Um, I think this it's is... It's pretty heady for it, it children to be watching. Well, I think... I can only speak from my experience, which is that I saw this as a young child. I was certainly not that much older, if older at all, than our oldest son is now uh, when I saw it. And... I think it was movies like this that sort of prompted me to be a little more cerebral about things. It, I think that for a kid, it actually is a very interesting kind of catalyst in that it does interdu- it does broach some kind of heady, interesting topics in a, at least somewhat approachable way until the end, until the very end, until the climax, which is indecipherable. But even I mean, it, in, even it does, in its, it, it does sort of introduce the idea of karma. It does. I mean, this is a movie where where the the traitor Harry has karma. Yeah. Bite him in the ass. Doctor Hans certainly does. Yeah. Um, but Bob anyway, I, I I I think it's a very interesting movie with a lot of flaws. But um, I you know for for a kid who would who you think would be interested in slightly more complex kind of ideas, I think this is a very suitable children's movie for that purpose. Well, is is there another movie that isn't so flawed that achieves the same stuff? Like what? What is a par- like a like a modern parallel to this? Oh, modern? No, I would or or not even modern, but like doesn't have the sexism doesn't have the like oh well i didn't see the recent movie version of this so i can't comment on it but as, in terms of a book kids book that would do this a wrinkle in time would be an example of a book that's got some complex philosophical ideas in it but it's clearly for kids yeah. and like i said i didn't see the movie the recent I, movie i saw it and I, I remember reading a wrinkle in time when i was a kid but i remember either like not finishing or bit or being like i don't understand what just happened yeah like, just not liking it i mean the movie was beautiful but i'm not sure it, i think it departed quite substantially from the book yeah but um i also think you are just interested in different things i mean i really i wrinkle of time i liked a lot but you know my whole life i've kind of been into that sort of nexus between science and weird stuff and you're substantially more Venkmini than I am. Right. And, uh, and maybe another example uh, kind of might be the Phantom Tollbooth. I like the Phantom Tollbooth. Um, I read the Phantom Tollbooth. Would... Wait, hang on, hang on. I got uh, legit here. I was in the Phantom Tollbooth play. Oh, my God. Yeah. What, what part did, did you I play? play? I don't you, remember. Did you play the the uh, Tollbooth? No. Oh. <laughs> That's more important than that. Uh, that I don't you were remember more important than the titular character? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Are you the math magician? God, no, this can bug me. We're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna have to re- reel in the parents here. Yeah. Remind myself. 
but uh, I was good. So, uh, yeah, Black Hole, thumbs up from me. I think it still holds up enough, and it's interesting enough and weird enough that uh, I, I encourage. I'm not going to go so far as thumbs down entirely. I'm going to go, like, sort of floppy middle floppy thumb. thumb. Aaron's got her floppy thumb out. That's her right thumb. It was in a really bad fishing accident, and it's never quite been the same ever since then. You're going to make stuff up. Don't don't say that I was a fisher. <laughs> it was in a really brutal MMA fight, and uh, that was before the it was before the unified rules, where it was truly no holds barred. I mean, there's lots of options here. She was in a tiger accident. A tiger accident. That was she... no. What happened with you and that tiger with no accident? <laughs> <laughs> she was in a flux capacitor accident. <laughs> she wasn't thinking fourth dimensionally. Yeah, yeah, Whatever. Yeah, all right. Um, I, I think. I don't know that I can recommend watching it with your kids, but I think if you're going to, it could be good if you can have a good, if you're prepared to have a conversation afterwards, uh, like trying to enter into the issues that this movie brings up. Yeah, this this does sort of necessitate some conversation afterwards about what you what we just watched. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's not for a five year old. I mean, like our five-year-old. So for our five-year-old. <laughs> no, I just, I just. It was a little. It was a little over his head. It was over his head. Yeah. All right. Please uh, write us at norkpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, check us out on facebook dot com slash norkpodcast. I think that's right. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway. Just search for it. You'll figure it out. You're smart people. Yep. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Tell your friends. Tell your tell your friends. Tell your enemies too. Tell anybody. No, just, just go out in the street. Go out in the street right now and start yelling, NORK! Yeah. NORK! And just keep doing that until someone takes you away. That's the best advertising. I read that. Yeah. A blog on how to promote your podcast. Yeah, 10, ten ways to promote your podcast. Yeah. Get people committed That's, to the was, mental hospital. That was number one. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. I'm Brandon. I'm Aaron. I can't laugh. My I've got the biggest, much. most beautiful red robot. Yeah, there you go. He brings me hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs>